You are listening to Supernatural Confessions, where it is a safe place for you to confess all your experiences, be it supernatural, myths, urban legends, superstitions, or even unknowns. And as a team, we'll compile and feature your confessions on our platform. Share with us your story through our Facebook page or website. You just need to search supernaturalconfessions.com. I'm Kim, your host for this podcast series, and now let's get on to the confessions. Selty F experiences posted in a forum and used with permission. The majority of my paranormal experiences were in my childhood home, although a few notable ones happened outside of my home, though in the same area. For context, I believe my childhood home, which I have moved out as an adult now, was haunted due to the environment or circumstances. There is a creek running through the neighborhood and lots of telephone poles, so the energy currents are strong there. Some people believe that ghosts can manifest easier when in areas of high energy currents. A few anecdotes from my childhood home. When I was about 4 years old, I recall playing with my brother in the hallway of my home. It was a long hall that led to the bathrooms and bedrooms. We were playing something akin to take out, but an element of hide and seek. So we ran up and down the hall a few times. And on the last time I was running up to his room, which was the last door of the hallway, he laughs and closes the door behind him. I suddenly stop and thought I hit the door and bounced back. I look up and saw a giant toad. I thought that was odd and didn't register it as anything malevolent. Maybe it protected me from the door impact. As odd as it is that most people don't seem to interact with nature spirits, this time I did. And what's more is that much later in life, I asked my brother if he remembered the giant toad spirit that day. And he said he did. He also didn't like talking about it, so didn't clarify. But it's my first memorable paranormal experience. My paranormal experiences ramped up as a teenager. For context, my father was an abusive alcoholic. As is standard in that situation, there was a lot of yelling, etc. and led to a lot of negative energy. I noticed as a result more negative entities coming through my house. There was never a resident ghost, only passerbys. A few of note. Number one, I had come home from school to find an imp-like creature very small, had attached itself to my ankle. I was honestly just annoyed at it and wanted it off of me. At some point, I shook it off and told it to go away. I don't think it came inside my house, but it sure liked hanging around. One day, I found that the ghost of a young man, probably late 20s to early 30s, had found its way in my room. It hung out in the corner of my room. I was creeped out by this, especially because I could tell it wanted something, but had a hard time communicating. Day 2 or 3, I decided to take a selfie on my laptop and purposefully aim at it so the corner would be in view. I wanted to see if anything would come up. Of a few takes, one of them did capture something. I confirmed that what I had been sensing and faintly seeing, there was a face in the corner, smiling for the camera as well. My heart sank. I didn't know what to do, believing that the picture would imprint its state to be longer. I deleted the picture. 
day 4. I finally felt sorry for it and asked it to go away. I couldn't help him and I didn't want him in my room anymore. Surprisingly, it actually went away within a few seconds. I felt the air get lighter and I didn't see or hear from the ghost again. I wonder if it needed a message to be passed along or if it needed guidance to move on. But I was just a teenager. What could I do for it? Number 3. Once my mother and I were in a house by ourselves. We had recently sold the house and we were clearing it up for the new owners. It was very empty and was starting to get dark outside. I started to get a panicky feeling, one of those get out now feeling. So I started urging my mother to finish up what she was doing and continue another time. I didn't want to freak her out, so I was just insistent we leave without knowing exactly why. I look over in the direction of the living room from the kitchen and I see this black mass of negative energy. It's overwhelming. If I were to describe it, it looks similar to the big bog down river spirit from Spirited Away, the one that collected a bunch of stuff in it and got all gunky and gross. That one here reminded me of that. But instead of collecting junk, it collected negative energy. I froze for a second as I processed what the heck did I just saw. At this point, night was falling and the sun was hardly out anymore. We had to use our flashlights on our phones to see. I told my mom we need to go, it's dark and I don't feel safe. Finally, she was willing to leave. And as we were leaving, I saw the black mask again leaving the house and going around to the backyard. My mom didn't see the creature that I saw, but she did say she felt the presence. Just ignore it as she was focused on finishing the kitchen. You are listening to Supernatural Confessions Podcast. If you have your own confession, do share it with us through our website, supernaturalconfessions.com. Remember, you are not alone. That it's when I was younger. Moving on, as a young adult, I have had a handful of interesting experiences as well outside of my childhood home. Number one, I live temporarily with my dead boyfriend, now husband, in an apartment shared by a co-worker of his and her boyfriend. I was in the apartment alone one day and I got this weird feeling looking at the door to the not-used room. I thought I heard noises and felt presence, but I couldn't confirm. Later that week, I was home alone again, but this time I looked up at the bathroom door from my bedroom and saw a full-body apparition of a young woman in white. She looked just as shocked as I did seeing her. She retreated to the other side of the bathroom wall, the empty, unused room. So finally, I asked my boyfriend's co-worker if someone died in the apartment and that I saw an apparition of a young woman. She told me, yes, and her name is Diana. And she died in that room about a month before we moved in. My heart sank for her. The co-worker told me that Diana had passed away suddenly in her room, I think from a health complication. The co-worker was a bit freaked out and didn't know what to do about it. So later, 
but I don't remember whether it was uh, later that night or the next day. I was in my room while my boyfriend and his co-worker were at work. I decided to just talk to Diana out loud. I couldn't see her this time but felt her presence. I talked to her like a person, realising she might not have even realised that she passed on since it was a sudden death. I told her that she had died and that she needed to move on. That I felt sad for her, that she was stuck and I hope she can find the light. Shortly after that, I didn't feel her presence anymore. I think and I hope she moved on. And I really hope that she finally found peace. Fellow listeners of Supernatural Confessions, if you like our podcast content and wish to support us, do buy us coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com slash Life. We appreciate every single cup of it. Continuing with the Salty F experiences. Once I went to a historical tobacco plantation with my mom and a friend of mine. It was a little summer thing where we wanted to see some neat places in our area we didn't see it yet. I saw three apparitions there. Upon getting out of the parking lot, both me and my friend saw a shadow figure looking at us from the wooded area next to the parking lot. After we stared at it for a second, we both saw it essentially fly away while remaining vertical or upright as if it were pulled back to wherever it came from. It was really weird. My mom missed it by still gathering her things from the car. Later, we were walking around the old slave's quarters house. The upper floor was condemned, but the stairs were still there. I noticed while the tour guide was talking about it, I looked at the stairs a little harder and saw the apparition of an older black man in overalls. He was faint, but there. I bowed respectfully at him and continued the tour. As we left the building, I purposefully left last so I could tell him goodbye like you would do to any other person as a house guest. I actually felt bad for him, seeing that he is still stuck there after so long, even after slavery was abolished. The third apparition was in the master's house. Almost immediately, I picked up a small girl, between 5 to 8 years old in period clothing complete with a standard bonnet. She followed us throughout the tour. At the last room of the house, the tour guide tells us this was an addition to the original building and the room of the master's daughter who had passed away from illness at about 7 or 8 years old. It hit me then, this was the little girl's room who had been following us around. Again, I left last so I could tell her thank you for letting us look at her house. Again, like any other house guest would, I found it respectful to do so and still felt sorry for the little girl. I then went to the cemetery where her family was buried. I didn't sense anyone else which made me even sadder that this little girl was probably stuck in her house waiting for her family and somehow didn't move on. The last interesting story also happened on a plantation, but this one, it's a different plantation. This one is tucked away behind a major highway and is considered a county park with petting animals. So I went there with my husband and our daughter to see the animals and the park there as well. 
We did, however, get to look at the exterior of the old houses there. In one of them, I noticed there was a man in butler-like attire passing by the window. I wondered if maybe it could have been a worker in period clothes for a tour or something, only to find that all the workers that day were in a polo shirt uniform which obviously is very different. I didn't see anyone else wearing period clothing either. Thus, while I can't confirm, I believe I may have seen a ghost that day as well. Here at Supernatural Confessions, we would like to remind you, whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there. Actually, Selty F ended her story, but she actually edited her post and add a few more. These are her few more stories. When I was about 16 or 17, my family dog passed away. I had her since I was little, so she was definitely a part of the family and treated well throughout her life. She was an old girl about 13 I think, and she had terminal lung cancer. The day came where she could barely move anymore, and we called the vet to actually put her down at home so she could go peacefully. After the vet left, we had an at-home funeral for our dog and buried her with her favourite blanket and toys. My dad, my brother buried her, and me and my mom did something akin to an eulogy. It was when they were burying her that I sensed a spirit peeking around the corner of the house. I motioned her to come here, and then she came quickly to my hand. I patted her quietly while no one else was watching. It was weird, I'm sure, for us to see us sad and burying her body. Later, when we went inside the house, I saw my dog's spirit sitting next to my mum, who was crying on the couch. Her paw was on the couch next to my mother, as if she was saying, it's okay, mum. Later, I told my mum what I saw, and she told me she thought she felt the dog's presence, and me saying what I saw confirmed for her. Afterwards, for the few years left in the house, I would occasionally hear dog paw steps and feel a dog's presence when there were no living dogs nearby. I did eventually get another dog, and occasionally she, the other girl dog, would look at those weird like someone was there, and also hear dog noises and wanted to find the other dog. I'm very certain that my childhood dog stuck around for a while after her passing. I've since moved out of the house as mentioned before we sold the house. But I hope my dog moved on by now. If you like the content here on the podcast, you are also invited to join Eugene. Sonia, Joe, and Kim at Supernatural Confessions Facebook page every Friday 10pm Malaysia and Singapore time where they'll discuss, dissect, and go deeper in details on your confession and I'll be waiting for you there. And this is Selty F. Last Story. This one is kind of weird. For a short while, I had sleep paralysis issues at about 15. Now I know the theories on what we see and experience in this state being a hallucination since our body is confused on being awake versus asleep. So take this one as you will. 
I, however, believe that this particular instance was paranormal related. This time felt different than other sleep paralysis episodes. Essentially, I was sleeping and had a deep dream. It was one of those dreams within a dream type of thing. I don't remember how I got there, but I do remember towards the end of this dream, I had come to a giant iron cell door, as if it was locking away a prisoner. I peeked inside through a sliding peephole, like you see in prison doors, and saw a pale, white, skinny humanoid. If you know the movie Lord of the Rings, you would remember the creature Golem. But this creature, the one in my dream, it's more menacing feeling and totally bold. It saw me jumped at the peephole which scared me awake. I was awake briefly and I swear I heard an entity whisper in my ear, feeling their breath or vibrations from their voice saying, go back to sleep. I did and it felt like I got pulled all the way back into the deep dream state, right back to the cell door. But whatever that thing was wanted out, it wanted me to help it. I sensed danger and had this feeling that if it got out, that it would possess my body. So I woke right back up and of course, my body was still in sleep paralysis being that it's hard to go that deep asleep and be functional. So I was awake. It was about 6 in the morning and I'm paralyzed. I feel as if something is sitting on me and it is not letting me up, which I am told is somewhat common and is rationalized by the body being in the depressed state. However, I felt this presence. Whatever whispered to me is on me and I felt like it is staring me down and just waiting for me to go back to sleep. I fought it though and stayed awake just looking around the room. I can't reach the light switch since my body still couldn't move. But I do notice the time and realize that soon the sun will come up. For some reason, my instinct tell me that soon when there's light, this thing will go away. And about 15 to 30 minutes later, the sun does rise and the sunlight came through my window. And with that, immediately felt like the entity left and I regained my bodily senses. And of all the sleep paralysis episodes, this one was different in that I felt someone talk to me in my ear after I woke up, which was not normal, that I felt a presence on me and staring at me. And then I happened to regain control of my body once the pressure was lifted once light filled the room. Normally, I would regain control of my body between 5 to 10 minutes after waking up regardless of the sun came up. But while I felt my body depressed, it did not usually feel like someone was sitting on me. Therefore, I believe this one counts as a paranormal experience. You are listening to Supernatural Confessions Podcast. If you have your own confession, do share it with us through our website, supernaturalconfessions.com. Remember, you are not alone. Thank you very much, Selty F, with the confession. I remember the last Friday, I did actually ask this question whereby, especially for those listeners who can see beings from the different world or different realm, and Selty explained it in a way whereby it sounded like some of these beings actually look like us. And some stories that I've heard claim that they saw them more to like a misty form instead of an actual human with flesh and bone. Moving on to the next story, 
This one it's by Sierra. Title is Childhood Bedroom. I'll never see my childhood bedroom again. That's a normal thing though. But I could go see it anytime I wanted to. I just really don't want to. Thought I posted here, no one has ever really believed me and my husband doesn't believe in spirits being able to have effect on this world. My family situation is a bit of a mess, but needs to be explained to make sense. My older brother and I have different dads, who were friends before my mum, but that's not the point. My brother's dad and my brother's father come from a very small town in the Midwest. His family had been there since the town had settled in the mid-1800s. Particularly, my brother's great-great-great-grandfather built the house there in 1905. And eventually, my dad bought that house of my brother's grandfather. The only person to have been recorded as dying in that house was my brother's great-grandfather. When my parents were married, my brother lived with us part-time. When my brother and mother first moved in, when things started happening, I was always told that it was small at first. Noises, footsteps, whatever. Then when my brother was seven, he saw an apparition, something like a cloud. He said he was playing with his Hot Wheels, you know, the small little car, and saw a human-shaped cloud float through one wall, stop in front of him, then moved on and float through another wall. Nothing happened for a while. Then my mom got pregnant with me and things started again. Once when she was alone in the house, so she told me, she was sitting in a rocking chair when she heard a loud crash from upstairs. There had been a can of paint on the windowsill across the bedroom door they were making my nursery maybe 15 feet away and it had somehow crashed and splattered pain all over my bedroom door. She said she felt absolutely petrified and ran out of the house, went to stay with her parents for a few days. After that, they were going to keep it plain wood but since the can had broken open, they just finished painting it to match what was already there. Years went on, my parents got divorced, my father kept the house and eventually got remarried. My stepmom had four sons, all seven of us in the house, and no one except me ever experienced anything else. And these are my experiences. I was always scared of the dark, literally until I moved out of the house. Then I never felt scared of it anymore. Didn't even realize it until I was out of there for a few months. But at the house, as a kid, I was too scared to even let my feet touch the floor if it was dark. I even had a yardstick that I kept on my bed to reach the light switch. That is how scared I am of the dark. In the house, I would sometimes hear heavy footsteps. Granted, it was an old house. The stairs creak for everyone, but I could tell who was coming best on the way they walked up the steps. I was anxious as hell, and my stepbrother scared me more than the ghost, so took note of these few things to know when to hide, one pattern didn't match anyone else. And at times, I would hear music. We had a very old record player that was passed down from my dad's parents along with a lot of other records. Throughout the years, when people are not at home and I was alone, I'd hear one record that had been my favourite since I heard it when I was very young. I thought it was funny, but still do until today. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. 
playing by itself. But the thing is, no one would hear this song play when they are around the house. It would only play and I would only hear it when I was alone in the house. I would always felt watched, that prickly feeling that runs up your spine all the time. I rarely felt alone in the house, but especially in one room, which was the room my brother had seen the apparition. Remember early on in the story when my brother was playing with his Hot Wheels and he saw the apparition? That is the room. I've never been able to feel calm in that room. I'm constantly on the edge. Sometimes I literally couldn't help but stay at the door from the landing that both our rooms connected to. Sometimes I felt like I could feel something on the other side of my bedroom wall that is adjoined to that room. I've never felt that feeling so strongly or so ominously anywhere else in my life. No one but my brother has ever admitted to feeling anything like that. But then I moved out. It all stopped. I wasn't hearing things until I had my daughters. Now, stuff keeps happening again, but I don't feel afraid this time. It almost feels like someone is joking with me, watching TV with me sometimes. Anyway, thanks for listening. My best guess is that my brother's great-grandfather was keeping an eye on him, then me as well, and didn't care for anyone else there since they were not connected to my brother like I was. Every time when I go back to that house, however few times that's been, I felt on edge the entire time. I don't know if I'll ever have the guts to see my childhood bedroom again. We have come to the end of this episode of Supernatural Confessions. If you have enjoyed this episode, please rate us with a 5-star review on whichever platform you are streaming this podcast on. Go on and tell your friends and family about us. You can find more of our content on YouTube, Facebook and our website. Search for keyword Supernatural Confessions. If you or someone you know have a confession to make, visit SupernaturalConfessions.com you can send it in text, voice memo, or even video format. Let us know if you want your identity to be kept secret. Supernatural Confessions is created by Eugene Tay. Until the next episode, my name is Kim, your host for this podcast series, signing off with Whatever, Whatever you, don't you don't see, see doesn't, doesn't mean it is not there. Is there.